Trevor Karitzen, as always. Steve Smith is checking in. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, we got JP on uh, audio. I don't know if you can see us through video, but we can. Uh, we can't see JP on video, so um, you guys are just gonna have to listen to him. How you doing, JP? I'm hanging in there, Steve. How about yourself? Good. Uh, so, um, you know, our, a lot of our members are wondering what happened to JP. It's been the big, the big question um, over the past year because you left the forum. Um, do you want to like uh, spill the beans as to uh, why you left? And if you're coming back, that's been the big question everyone wants to know. <laughs> well, you know, I emailed both you and Trevor as to what my reasons were. I don't know if you really want me to get into that right now. I mean, not that I had a particular issue with any person, but I had a particular issue with the direction that uh, Evolutionary was going as far as sponsors. And that, I think I'll leave it at that. I mean, okay. So is there a possibility that you might come back? There's always that possibility. I mean, right now my time has been really short because I started a new job. I'm uh, managing a small 35-acre organic farm. Oh, wow. Um, okay. So so um, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's, uh, it, was, it was kind of a, I stepped into this kind of backwards through a friend of mine uh, who happens to be related to the owners. Uh, they were looking for someone uh, to help them out. And uh, I was looking to get back to work and I really didn't want to go back into construction. Uh, so I figured you know, this would be a good change of pace. And uh, yeah, I'm really, really enjoying it. I mean, you know, it's it's long hours and stuff. And and I actually started to get back into construction a little bit because they have an inn that they rent through Airbnb. Uh, it's called the Inn at Indian Orchards. That's the name of the orchard. So been helping them out with a few of their construction projects there. So it's been fun, you know. And so, uh, so the organic. Do you get some free uh, groceries with the organic stuff? You get to pick your yeah. own stuff. Yeah, you know, um, we grow uh, blueberries, raspberries, blackberries, strawberries, uh, apples, peaches, nectarines, pears, uh, a whole bunch of fruits and vegetables, cantaloupes, melons, uh, you know. So, I mean, a lot of times when I was out, you know, during the summer working, if I got hungry, I'd just pull a peach down off the uh, tree and eat it. I mean, it's organic, so uh, all you have to do is rub the dirt off, Steve, and you're good to go. You don't have to worry about washing it. Uh, no sprays or anything. It must taste delicious, huh? Uh, I Let me be 100% honest here. I hadn't had a good peach in over 30 years until I went to work here and pulled one off the tree one day, and I was like, this is what I remembered him tasting like. Because the ones in the store, I mean, they look real nice, but they're hard as a rock. And if you wait till they get soft, they're all mealy inside. These were great. They have nice perfume, uh, just, just like I remember. 
from 30 years ago. So really interesting. I've been having a great time there. I've never had a fresh, I never had a fresh peach in my life off the tree, but I've had fresh oranges. There's nothing like it. Yeah. Or they, they, when they pick these, these fruit, they pick them not even ripe and they ship them. Yeah. You know, so, uh, there's nothing like getting a fruit right off the tree. That's organic. Go ahead, Trevor. Well, JP, I want to, I want to pick your brain a little bit about organic farming because yeah. biggest, um, I guess excuse you have from conventional farmers is say, oh, organic farming is too complicated. We wouldn't be able to feed the planet doing it. That's why you that's, know, herbicides, that's, pesticides are necessary. What are you yeah. talking about? I'll tell you what. I, I, you know, I've been looking into this really uh, deeply as the season has been progressing. Because, I mean, of course we have problems being organic that we don't use pesticides. So you run into some issues uh, – but there's ways around them. Uh, there's things called uh, companion plantings, where like we have a big problem with the deer. The deer like to come in and eat the fruit off the trees. And in the rutting season, which is now, they come in and start rubbing all the bark off the trees. And for most trees, it does a little bit of damage. But for an apple tree, an apple tree can survive if the entire center of it is gone. But it needs its bark. That's its lifeblood. So when deer come and rub on, rub off the bark, they can wind up killing the tree, especially if it's a young tree. So there's things like uh, garlic. Uh, they don't like the smell of it. Uh, we have this uh, stuff. It's called whiff, but you could probably do it with almost anything. Whiff is basically just a stinky bar of soap. We tie them onto all the branches of the tree. So one bar for each branch. And it keeps the bucks from rubbing because if they smell a stronger smell than their musk, then they'll move on to something else. So it works in that regard. But, uh, you know, and as far as pests, here's where the companion plantings come in. So things like uh, garlic, as I mentioned, also there's some flowers. Uh, nasturtiums are really good. Uh, they help keep weeds down, which is a big problem that the, your standard farmer, I call them production farmers, have where... Now you got a, a cash crop because a lot of high-end restaurants will buy nasturtiums because they put them on salads. You know, those salads that you buy that cost nine, ten dollars at a good restaurant, a lot of them will have nasturtiums on them. So there's just a lot of ways around it. The thing is, it just takes a little forethought when you're going to start planning just to design it, and then you're good. So there are ways around it. Interesting. I don't know anything about farming at all. What about you, Steve? How do you not know about farming? You live uh, in the Redneck Riviera of Canada. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, have, I actually have an organic garden. Well, it's funny. I went to the Home Depot and I told the guy, I was like, dude, my cucumbers, something's been eating my cucumbers. And he tells me, he's like, oh, you got to spray them spray with, with uh, powder. And I told him, I'm like, dude, what's the point of having an organic garden if you're going to spray it with pesticide? And he's like, well, you gotta do it and i was like no right. i'm not gonna do that there you go i got something for you for all those little critters that like to eat all the vegetables uh there's a product called safer soap it's basically a dish detergent and neem oil so uh the neem oil helps it stick to the plants and leaves and the dish detergent is what kills them i mean you could basically take uh, a couple tablespoons of dish detergent put it in a gallon of water and go out and just 
wash the leaves with it and that would kill all those little critters. But the neem uh, inside the uh, safer soap, you can put it in a sprayer and spray, and spray it. But you could do the same thing. Just simply uh, take a gallon of water, put a couple of tablespoons of dish detergent in it, shake it up, put it in a spray bottle, go through your garden and spray it, especially where you see the bugs, that'll kill them. That's what I, I actually have been doing that. But what's, what's interesting is I, um, I kind of, I've been asking around, it turns out in my area, we have little, little mice that eat the leaves off the, 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 the plants. So that's been, been what's been getting it. So, uh, that that's working beautifully. I don't have any bugs in the garden, but those little mice, they come out like around sunset and they just, they, yeah. they go to town on everything. So I hear, I get, I got chipmunks, squirrels, groundhogs the size of our farm dog <laughs> all yeah. kinds of, uh, we've got uh some foxes we even have a couple coyote which is unusual for the area of the country i'm in but we got a little bit of everybody up there and uh, so, and ra rabbits galore so how are you doing good let me say one more thing have you guys like do you guys know much about monsanto and glyphosates oh sure i do yeah. Okay, this is something I've been doing a lot of research on, just sort of personal interest. So the reason glyphosate is so detrimental to health is because it's so close to the glycine molecule that your body recognizes it as glycine and it starts storing it in your body's own collagen. So yeah. that's why it actually becomes a part of you. Your body actually stores it. Um, and if you look at Monsanto, what they do is that whenever they do a study on glyphosate, like let's say they'll do a study with pregnant women and they'll say, no, 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 like, look, there's no glyphosate in the woman's breast milk like this stuff doesn't store they filter out the proteins before doing the study if you actually read the actual uh, results and discussion section it says that they filter out the proteins while the glyphosate is stored in the proteins now one thing i find really interesting is that bayer which is a german company just bought monsanto now glyphosate is banned in the european union so why would a german company want monsanto well, Monsanto owns 85% of the seed crop, which is used in North America. So now a German company basically owns all the agriculture seed crop in North America. I think something big is going to be happening in the next five to 10 years. Hopefully all those seeds will burn down because that's the problem. That's what they do with those seeds. Those seeds are, are uh, genetic, genetically modified to accept that glyc glycosate fate, um, spray. So it kills everything but them. So then, then they can plant those types of seeds, especially for like corn, and they can go out and like spray the living daylights out of the field. And that stuff will kill everything but their genetically modified seed. Yeah, they're called, they're called Roundup Ready Crops. Yeah, that's it, Roundup Ready Crops. Yeah, and then the farmers are basically screwed because they have to buy the Roundup and the seeds from Monsanto. Want to hear another thing? Uh, Monsanto, and I'm sure they're still doing it today, but a few years back what they were doing is uh, if there were farmers whose property was bordering one of their uh, fields and all of a sudden some of their crops wound up in the farmer's field, and this happens through wind, so... Uh, they wind up suing them and then the farmer wouldn't be able to pay the for the lawsuit because how are you going to prove that oh a couple of their seeds got blown onto my field i didn't plant them 
They're trying to get them for, you know, infringement on their copyrighted seeds. And they wind up suing these guys out of business and take over their land. This was a tactic was a tactic of theirs for years. It's a fucked up world out there. I was just watching yeah. about the Congo, the wars in the Congo, and uh, and like even in the first world, we have wars like this going on. They, they, they're continuously trying to poison our food. So a lot of people are listening, may not even know what organic is. So before we kind of get into our next topic, um, let me just say this, and I'll let you, JP, finish up on this. But, guys, you have to remember with organic, it's not just the way it tastes. Yeah, organic tastes good, and it's not just something like a banana that's not that has skin on it. You know, So it's also when you spray a crop with pesticide, the, the crop actually sucks up that pesticide. It not only absorbs into the fruit or the vegetable, but it actually goes actually the roots of the plant actually – um, grab onto that pesticide and it becomes part of the plant. So like what JP was saying about killing, you're killing the nutrition out of your fruits and vegetables when you buy conventional fruits and vegetables. So you really need to buy organic as much as you can, even if it's something like a banana or anything with skin. Um, I'll let you finish up that topic, JP. Um, you have anything yeah, to add to that? Well, one, one thing I have to add to this because like, uh, the particular farm I work at, because we're a small farm, we are not organically certified because the certification costs $50,000 and the farm's too small to do that. But we've been following sustainable and organic practices. The farm's going into its 106th year under the same family. So they've always farmed this way. So there's where you have to like know in your locale know your get to know your farmer because they may be well following sustainable agriculture and organic farming they just may not be like certified because they're too small to afford the certification yeah i simply asked them uh, it was a strawberry yeah. farm where i used to live and i asked the farmer i was like are you are you guys organic he's like no we're a conventional farm he told me straight out he wasn't gonna bullshit yeah. they got no reason to lie so straight up asked them so last time you were on, JP, um, you were coming off a hip. I believe it was your second hip operation on the, on yes, the hip. Yes, any, any updates on that, and have you had any surgery since? No more surgery since, and I've been doing great. I mean, I've been bouncing around on these hips, running through the fields. I actually started jogging again. I haven't got up to sprinting yet, but I'm working on it. Yeah. I mean, of anything, uh, the hips feel really good when I start to move around. Uh, but as I, the longer I run, I'm getting it in my back from old injuries in my spine, you know? So, so I was going to ask you about that weight training, um, you know, especially heavy weight training over the years. And as you get older, you start getting disc issues. Herniated discs are something very common. Um, with many of us, those of you in your 20s don't know what I'm talking about. But once you get, you know, closer to 40, closer to JP's age, your discs are going are gonna to start herniating. And uh, so do you have any uh, disc herniations that you know of? Do I? Yeah. <laughs> you got three hours and I'll go through it. <laughs> so you do? Okay. So tell us some, some of the, um, what you're right. doing. With that. 1974, I was in a bad car accident. A herniated C5. Uh, actually lost uh, the ability uh, with my right arm 
to push weight away any more than 10 pounds, could pick up anything, just couldn't push it away. Wound up with doing about four months of uh, rehab for that. 1977, and I think this was related to this car accident in 74, herniated L4, L5, uh, had that removed. So, um, you had a removed, well, you had the disc uh, removed? Yeah, in 1977. And how did that work out for you? Not real good. That laid me up for almost three years. I mean, back then the rehab was one year. That's what they told you. Take you one year to rehab, but uh, I just didn't do that well. It wasn't until so like yeah, three years later when I started going back into the gym, I just got salty. I was like, I'm not laying around no more. I got to get up and start moving. That I got myself back into shape. But uh, these days, guys that have back surgery don't know how blessed they are because uh, it's a lot less invasive uh, than it was. Like, I've got a nine-inch scar on my lower spine from that surgery. And I still have problems with the scar tissue it caused. I have areas in my leg that uh, have desensitized from the uh, pressure of the scar tissue on the nerves, winds up, winds up pinching the nerves. So, and then more recently, let me see, uh, compression fracture, T11, T12, compression fracture, T4, T6, and then about, I think it was 20, 2009, was taking the trash out on a winter's night, fell down the back flight of my steps because it was ice covered and uh, messed up my tailbone. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, what That's have my... you been doing uh, for those? What are some, some of the things that they've been doing? Well, I try, try and work on my mobility and stretching and stuff. Uh, and just for me, especially now that I have osteoarthritis, need to keep moving need to keep moving. I mean, some mornings I really feel it more than others, really stiff when I wake up. But, you know, after about 10 minutes moving around, everything starts to ease up. And then I feel better. Any yoga you're doing? A little bit. Uh, not a great deal. And I do a bit Tai Chi. So I kind of combine the two, yoga and Tai Chi. And uh, that's pretty much what I do in the morning. And I've been doing a lot more body weight work because uh, I haven't had a chance to really get into the gym like I used to. So I'm working out of my home gym. So usually in the morning, I have, I have a little time. So I do like a lot of body weight work. Uh, I've got a lat tower. So I do pull-ups, push-ups, dips. Uh, so that'll usually cover my mornings. And, and then if I have a little energy and, and I haven't been putting in a 12-hour day at work, you know, when I come home, then I'll, I'll do, you know, eh, about a half an hour, 40-minute routine weights. JP, do you have any recommendations for someone who just had a surgery for recovery? I had surgery yesterday, and after the surgery, I felt pretty good. But once the freezing wore off, I was like, holy crap, I didn't realize how much that surgery kicked the crap out of me. Uh, where would you have done? I had a tumor cut out of my hip. Ooh. So... I got, a, I got a massive slice right along my hip, probably, um, probably about half a foot long, which is brutal because anytime I move my leg, it, it hurts because like the stitches get aggravated, right? Yeah. But, like, they got I, stitches or staples? Stitches. That's unusual. Usually they staple that these days. 
No, they wanted to do stitches because I'm not sure. They did. They did a couple of layers, a couple, a couple layers of stitches, though, so they don't they don't fall out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I can still walk and stuff, but I'm just like hobbling around. I have to be really, really careful not to aggravate the area too much. But I was thinking supplement yeah. would would anti-inflammatory things like turmeric, fish oil. What about glutamine? Do you have any like tricks up your sleeve for recovering from a surgery? Beet propolis. Never heard of that. What is that? Never heard of it. Okay. I'll uh, give you a little insight on Bee propolis is what the bees make to repair their hives and build it. It's uh, anti-inflammatory, uh, anti-fungal. Uh, I actually take it all winter long because I never get the flu shot. And uh, it helps me stay healthy. It really uh, helps your body out there. It's okay. really... I've heard of yeah. I've heard of royal jelly. Is that similar? Or is this different? No, no. This is completely different. Yeah, uh, royal jelly. Uh, royal jelly is is what the queen extrudes because we also have bees on, on the farm. We have seven hives, so we do our own raw honey too. Yeah, we haven't we haven't extracted the propolis. I, I need to talk to the beekeeper about that because I'd I'd like to get some propolis from them. But basically, when they're building the hive. Um, they take resin from a tree plus some extract that they make and a, a little beeswax, and that's how they make this propolis. And uh, it keeps their hive sanitary. And really, it's kind of strange because, like, they've researched it because the, they use it for wound care and stuff. They know that it works, but they couldn't tell you exactly why it works, even though they've done countless researching on it. But uh, um, did you go to a beekeeper uh, to get that, or is that something? No, you you can buy. Uh, I buy it online uh, from a place called YS Eco Farms. Uh, but there's a lot of different companies that sell it. But you can go right on Amazon, just put in bee propolis, and you'll come up with it. Okay, that's a good. Yeah, you should be able to find it anywhere. What what kind of doses would you recommend, JP? Um. I don't remember exactly what the dose was, but just one cap a day is more than enough. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Do you have any other tips? I've never heard of the bee propolis. Um, how much How much um, of uh, omega-3s are you taking right now? Before, I wasn't taking any because I was eating uh, one can of wild salmon every single day. Right. But I'm doing about 10 grams, so 10 one gram fish oil pills per day. And each pill has 120 milligrams DPA and 180 milligrams EPA. So I'm getting roughly two grams, 1.2 grams DHA, 1.8 grams EPA. All right. Um, have you ever thought about going to the liquid? Because the liquids are higher concentrated than the I pills. Should, I, I should pick one up. Yeah, because yeah, I I, actually, I agree with you. Because a lot of people when they buy a fish oil, they're taking like two pills per day, and yeah. I always kind of laugh. I'm like, you realize that's like that's, that's two out of like a teaspoon, a tablespoon is 15 grams. A tablespoon is 15 pills. Like you're taking like an eighth of a tablespoon. Like it's pretty much negligible. Yeah, uh, yeah, really, and it's. 
it's more bang for your buck. You know, uh, there's a couple good uh, Norwegian brands out there, uh, and they're really high high potency, like 1600 milligrams per teaspoon. It's like uh, I think 800 to 600 EPA to DHA. So it's a big difference. And uh, yeah, because what? Good, Steve. No, I was going to say, besides taking something, can you give us some tips, though, as we're getting older with spine health, neck health, back health? I mean, is there regular visits uh, to massage therapists, chiropractors, even think chiropractors cracking your back does anything to help? Is it uh, funny? You know what? I, I kind of came on board late to the chiropractors. Mm -hmm. So by the time that I, I really wanted to try one, I had too many injuries that he could really help me as far as an adjustment. Uh, I probably should have started that before I had my surgeries. Uh, but I'm a big, big believer in massages. And I'm always like on Groupon because like in, in my area, there's so many places around and you get a discount. You know, I'll, I'll go here and there all over the place. So instead of paying like $60 for a one hour massage, you get one between 30 and $40, you know. You don't think they aggravate your injuries more by massaging them, like deep tissue massaging them? No, I, I mean, it depends on the massage, and you have to be careful. I mean, you're right. With certain types of injuries and person to person, because it's going to vary person to person. Yeah, you can wind up aggravating an injury. Um, I know, like, for my lower back, my physical therapist was cracking my back, and he had done it once before, and it really helped. Second time I had him do it, uh, wound up hurting me for a couple of weeks until my spine kind of readjusted itself. So you need to be careful there. You really got to know your body. Just if you're going for a massage, don't do the deep tissue right away. Start with like hot stones, something, you know, more easy on the body. And like if you go deep tissue, go everywhere around the injured area and not at the injury site. This way you'll be safe and you won't have to worry about aggravating things. Because again, yeah. I was going to say one thing I haven't tried before, and I almost had someone sell me on this, is decompression. Have you heard of that? Sure. Yeah. What do you think about that? Because you read, you read so much mixed things online. Some people say it's a complete scam. They, they waste two, 3000 on it. You're talking about the decompression tables. They go for yeah. those treatments. Yeah, like they hook you up to a table and they kind of Yeah, you know, I've, I've never tried the table. But years ago, uh, when I was in the bad car accident and messed up my neck, they used to have this machine. <laughs> I've never seen one since then. But it was a chair you sit in. And then there's a strap that goes around your neck, hooked up to a chain. Yeah, and they pull and you up. Pull yeah. you up and yeah. hold you there. And that would decompress your neck. That helped me. So I don't know about these tables, but, you know, I have uh, one of those uh, uh, teeter hangers. Yeah, inversion table. Yeah, inversion table. And that, that was very helpful to me. I haven't used it much since my hip surgeries. But I do use, still use it occasionally. Um, I mean, I had a big problem after my hip surgeries because it threw my spine all out of whack. Because when you get a hip done, you wind up with one leg longer than the other for a bit because the hip joint itself needs to recoalesce. So until that happens in about, it varies about eight weeks, 
is the earliest, your leg's going to be longer than the other. And this is if the surgeon didn't screw up. If he did everything right, everything goes back. So I had one hip going one way for one year. And then when I got the other hip done, I had it pulled the other way. And my back was out of sorts, Steve. You know when it finally, I was underneath a, a peach tree this year. And I was all squatted down and I was reaching one way and then I went to pull back the other way. And as I did that, my back went snap, pop, and I let out a scream in the middle of the field. But as soon as I got up, I was better. So Yeah, they say reaching out is really uh, the worst thing you can do for, um, for your discs and your back, like reaching yeah. for something. I was uh, doing a lot of gymnastics over the past, I'd say, six months. And it's really done a number on my herniated disc, so I've had to stop that. Yeah, you you have to watch because I mean, anything, especially where you get repeated shock to the spine. So I mean, even running can be really bad with a herniated disc. Plus, uh, when you look at your X-ray or your MRI, you have to look and see to what side that uh, uh, bulge is. So you have to kind of be kinder to that side because if it's out to the right, it's most likely impacting your left side and vice versa. The spine kind of works in reverse with that. But, you know, again, it's kind of, it varies so much person to person. I yeah. mean, I, do I think, think, I think every, would you agree that everybody has herniated this as you get older, but some people it, it, it bothers us? And some I'd say, I'd say everybody has bulging discs and, and they deteriorate. So they yeah. kind of dry out as you get older. So you lose the disc spacing. So I'm going to say more people have nerve involvement because as the discs dry out and the space gets less, you're more apt to have a nerve getting pinched. The herniation, though, can happen so simply. And a lot of people have herniated discs that they don't realize because it's only a slight herniation. Yeah. So they just slide out occasionally. And with proper treatment, they can move back in, you know, because the spine's really pliable. But as you get older, then it's less likely to want to move back to the way it was. So, I mean, I do a lot of exercises now to a, a lot of stretching, but I'm careful. I mean, I know how to stretch because I've screwed up so many times. So I know what I can do and what I shouldn't do. I mean, because when I was doing yoga, I did the lotus position one time, and I was pulling it in tight. I wound up on crutches for a week. This was before I had my hips done. So and now I'm careful when I get to the extreme stretching. But, uh, yeah, I found that uh, I like the Tai Chi a lot because there's, there's some positions there. Uh, you know, you move in and out slowly. You control your breathing so I find that really helpful. And like I said, I mix in a few yoga positions with it. Uh, and, and it works for me. Again, it's, it's the kind of thing where, you know, don't get locked into any one modality. You know, always try, try, try new things. You might, you know, run into something that's like the jackpot for you. Yeah, that's the thing with physical, physical therapists. You go to them. And they really let me down because they're always, they do the same cookie cutter stuff with everybody there. They don't, they don't have the, um, they're too lazy to basically be specific to the person. You know, they just want to put everybody on the same shit. And that, See, then, that, then, then you went to a bad physical therapy place yeah. because 
I went to the place I went to that was hooked up with uh, Penn Presbyterian. I had a physical therapist that he actually listened to me because I, uh, especially after I had my right hip done, uh, I had a bit of a bone spur there. So I was having problems um, with the psoas was kind of underdeveloped. So I designed a couple exercises that I thought would work well to get it to, uh, to get the muscle back working again and get it, getting it more developed. So I ran them by him and he said, yeah, hadn't thought about that, but that'll work. So let's do it. And uh, because I could only lift my leg up to like right before, you know, like uh, waist high, where the other uh, leg, I could get my knee way up past my waist, just standing still. So, and uh, after a couple of months of doing that three times a week, now I can get it up high too. So, you know, again, it's the physical therapist I mean, I was doing stuff in therapy that, like, <laughs> as some of the other therapists would go to my therapist and be like, do you know what your client's doing? Because, like, we would go through the routine for, like, a half an hour that he wanted to get done, and then he would let me loose in there for, like, another half an hour, and I could just work on things I wanted to do, you know? Because I told him, I said, look, for me, this is more than therapy. I said, you know, I got to get back into the gym. I said, so I'm using this as an adjunct to get me there. I, I stayed, I mean, I had great insurance. So both times I stayed four months. And at the end, he, my physical therapist said to me, because I had the same one both times. He said, listen, like before, he says, uh, you passed the rehab section about a month back. You've been training for the last month. I've just been letting you go. He goes, but I can't like write it off anymore. So you're good to get back in the gym go get it. <laughs> but so again, you know, it, it, it really depends on, on the place. You know, if, if you had a bad experience with a physical therapist, it's not indicative of all of them. You just have to find the, the, the right place. Uh, I got lucky in that uh, the physical therapists I've had in the last few years, a couple from the, the VA hospital in Philly. And then, like I said, the Penn Presbyterian were just great. They listened and they really helped because when I had, you remember I, I did a whole posting on the elbow tendonitis and the Graston technique. Well, when I went into the VA to get it done, I went in specifically, I knew what I wanted. I just wanted a therapist that could do it. No problem. They put me on the therapist and the guy really helped me. And then when he was doing that, he actually realigned my radius and all it because he said, look, they're out of whack here. So uh, after we started doing the uh, Graston for a couple of weeks, then he would start realigning them and tape them off. I didn't even know they could be realigned or that they would get out of alignment. So, so the, the, the Graston technique, you're going to a physical therapist for that or are you going to like an acupuncturist? No, I, was, I went to a physical therapist for that. Okay. So they're yeah, any qualified physical therapist should be able to do the Graston. And what what do you think about acupuncture? Have you had success with that? Yeah, you know, uh, I was doing, um, it's known as battlefield acupuncture, where they do the ears. Okay. So they're actually, think of them like uh, little uh, push pin earrings, but really tiny. And, and they keep them in your ear and you just let, you push them when you're in pain? No, there's just five spots in the ear that they put them in, 
and they stay and they fall out in like a week or so on their own. But you don't need to push them or anything. And uh, I was using that as part of my pain relief before my hip surgery because I, I didn't want to go back on any narcotics. So, I mean, my pain relief was that and uh, Addison, old school Addison, aspirin and caffeine. So, and that was it because I wouldn't take anything stronger because I, I just had a bad experience. I mean, some people maybe can take them and be okay with them. Uh, my body gets used to them too quickly. So... I was on the have you, have, you, yeah. have you have you been updated on the CBD oil thing that's been kind of uh, skyrocketing lately? Have you tried that? You know, I haven't tried it. Um, I've, I've been curious about it, and uh, so I'm like, what I'm waiting for is my boss says if they legalize uh, marijuana in the state of Pennsylvania, we're going to start growing it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you think, you think uh, marijuana helps with these uh, these pains? Medical marijuana. I don't know. I haven't smoked since the eighties. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't a clue. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I'm curious about the CBD uh, because, like I said, I have the osteoarthritis, and I heard it's really good. I just right now, not real comfortable with the suppliers out there. Yeah, yeah. It seems like it's all it's all poorly dosed. You gotta like go to a clinic to get the good. Right, stuff. exactly. So uh, you can't just you know, go on Amazon and order uh, yeah. for eight bucks and think that it's like gonna be good stuff. Exactly, and, and I've been reading on it, and like you have to watch who makes it because the concentration can vary by who's making it. Some can be really good and really potent. And other stuff out there is just garbage, you know. So you but gotta if, watch because if you ever want to smoke some pot, just come, just come on over. It's legal in Canada now. Oh, okay. <laughs> Remember, you look kind of stone right now. Yeah. I don't oh, know if it's geez. from the surgery or, or what. Oh, dude, I'm so out of it. I that surgery kicked the crap out of me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, what did they say as far as your rehab? Uh, about how long would it take you to recover? The doctor said in a week I'd be able to do some upper body stuff. Okay. Um, probably about three weeks, and then I'll be able to work out as normal. Um, he actually encouraged me lightly walking. So I've been doing, you know, light walks. I walked to school today, like, really, really slow. Like, it took me almost an hour to walk to school, and it only takes me, like, 15 minutes. Yeah, but, that sucks. Yeah, but it's – I'll be back to normal soon. Yeah, it'll believe me. I know it doesn't seem like it right now, but it will improve day by day. Uh, when are they taking the stitches out? Two weeks? No, the stitches dissolve. Oh, they dissolve. They stay. Oh, okay. Yeah. What I'm looking. What I really want to do is I want to shower, but I'm not allowed to shower until tomorrow um, because, like, the stitches and the band aids and everything have to set. And if you get yeah. it won't set properly, because um, that's that's what really sucks is that. They, they basically like sanitized like my, almost my whole leg before they did the surgery. Yeah. So they got this weird, like crusty, dry alcohol. Yeah. Thing. And <laughs> I wish I could shower, but I can't. And then there's like blood that's kind of like, cause like they try to, they try their best to clean you up, right? The nurses do yeah. their best. But even once they're done, like it's still bleeding a little bit. So I got like dried on blood on my leg that I want, I really well, want I mean, to shower. You honestly, you can clean off around the area, so you you know do kind of a sponge bath. You just yeah. can't get the incision wet. 
But, you know, like if you had it dripping down your leg, you can certainly clean your leg. Because I had the same deal when I had the staples in my hips. I wasn't allowed to shower for a week. I was like, a week? I was like, I'll be ripe in two days. What do you mean a week? So I was sponge bathing it until I could jump jump in the shower. Mine's only a day. I'm allowed to shower somehow, so I'm just going to tough it up. Yeah, well, they, they were more worried about, you know, infection because w- with the hip, I mean, there's so much exposure uh, and so much bleeding because uh, my legs swelled so bad that uh, when I was walking, my calf would bounce into my uh, quad when my leg wasn't even halfway bent. And I had to wear these stupid uh, constricting stockings. Uh, that was a nightmare. I hated those things. I was supposed to wear them for the first six weeks. Uh, they were gone in like six days. <laughs> yeah, they, they gave me some antibiotics and I'm not like I, I am taking them because when you have a cut that severe, the last thing yes. you do is get an infection. So generally speaking, I'm not pro antibiotics, but if you had a major surgery, don't fight with your doctor and actually do take them. No, and, and you need to finish them. You can't stop short because what happens if you don't finish the entire regimen of antibiotics, then you become, your body will become resistant. So then the next time you need an antibiotic, you'll need a stronger one. So, yeah, a lot of people don't realize that either. Whenever you are prescribed antibiotics, if it's 10 days, you take the entire 10 days. Don't cut yourself short. Yeah, and then when you're done the antibiotics, buy a good probiotic supplement and then make an effort. Yeah, yeah, because uh, yeah, they twist a lot of people's guts up. They, they wind up killing all your gut bacteria. Yeah, I recommend Sac Boulardi, but you have to get the refrigerated type. It works beautifully after antibiotics. You get have you ever tried the Intersect Nutrition one? Steve? Uh, me? Yeah. No, no, I haven't. Your girlfriend, I sent you one. Your girlfriend tried it. Uh, yeah, she, she took She took it. Yeah, How'd <laughs> she like it? Yeah, I mean... I mean, she has, um, I think she enjoyed it, yeah. <laughs> that was a long time ago. I don't, I'll have to ask her. But yeah, she likes the other stuff you got her, the holy moiosis or whatever. The holy, the holy moiosis is the probiotic. Okay. All right, yeah, yeah that shit was really, good. I, I, I drank that. That shit was good. It tastes you like... To, you have to really do your research because like the Inotech one that actually has human strain probiotics that have research backing them that they're actually effective. Right, so a lot of these companies are throwing probiotic strains into their product that might just pass through you. They might not actually help you. Oh yeah, most of it is bullshit for sure. Yeah. JP, is there a certain probiotic you like? Um, I was doing one that was actually a shelf-stable uh, probiotic. Uh, can't recall the name right now. Uh, it's been a while. Actually, it's been a while since I've needed one. Uh, you know, now that I'm up and moving and I'm been doing really well in that department, I mean, uh, I've been eating better, you know what I mean? Uh, so how's yeah. your training been? Uh, some of our members want to know, how often are you training these days? I'm still training a, a good four or five days a week. I'm just doing, like I said, I do a bit of body weight training every day, mm-hmm. and then uh, – in the evening, uh, I'm hitting the weights like four or five nights out of the week. So where, where do you train at? Is it like a franchise gym or do you have like a home gym? Oh, Joe's home gym. 
Yeah, I haven't. I really haven't had a chance since I started working uh, to get to my gym in, in Philly. Uh, got a real good gym out there called Fit in Philly, um, but I just don't have the the time. Uh, especially like during the summer. I mean, I was working such crazy hours, and then like apple season was nuts too. Because like we're a pick your own farm where people come in to pick. So like apple season is nuts. I mean, we had droves of people. Uh, oh, sounds good. Yeah. Fresh, fresh, fresh apples. Sounds good. Yeah. So, I mean, but the entire farm is pick your own. So we have a little farm stand store, but we also, you know, uh, you can come and pick your own whatever. Uh, peppers, tomatoes, uh, melons, you know, all kinds of fruits. Uh, uh, even pumpkins. So we, we try and do a little bit of everything, but primarily we are a fruit orchard. Okay. So we got about 10 minutes left, JP. Tell us in the past year, is there anything that has kind of come to you regarding fitness that you're like kind of changed your mind maybe, or maybe something that you just... I'll, I'll tell you what, one sure. thing has really come to me that I would have never believed true. I mean, during the summer, I was working these really long hours in crazy heat and humidity and i thought i was going to lose all my muscle because i just wasn't eating i mean i was eating breakfast and then i wasn't eating again the like 12 13 hours later really big dinners and stuff and i got so shredded i went probably uh easily sub 10 percent body fat my shoulders got all striated my chest got all striated so did my legs which was really nuts because like uh, I was trying to get there before and just couldn't seem to get the key. So uh, it used to be that I would really limit my workouts, you know. Uh, but these days, I've had a whole change of mind on that. I mean, if you're getting, you know, the right nutrition to keep your muscles growing or at least keep them, you know, uh, where they are, and you just really want to cut that fat, and get out there and sweat. I mean, really get it on. If you got the energy to do it. I mean, uh, I would consider like my daily uh, workouts, like uh, I'd be out in the fields weeding by hand, like the, the raspberry fields in like uh, 98 degrees with 75% dew point. Like weather down where you're from, Steve, in the summer. That really tropical stuff. And uh, I was probably drinking two gallons of water a day. And it just, I lost 30 pounds of fat. Unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. I so never infrequent in eating and, and high exercise causes yeah. fat loss and, and doesn't bring your muscle. That's, a, see, that's what you don't hear in the fitness industry. Because in the no. fitness industry, you got to eat eight meals a day. And you got to have three yeah. protein shakes or you'll lose your muscle. Yeah. And that's not what I was doing. I was eating a big yeah. breakfast, and then I wasn't eating again till probably nine, ten o'clock at night. Yeah, so you're pretty much intermittent fasting the whole day. I, yeah, I, I guess so. But I had tried intermittent fasting, but without all the exercise in between, you know. And I really wasn't seeing any kind of like substantial loss. Well, that well, that's the thing with intermittent fasting. With, that, with intermittent fasting, if you don't exercise while fasting you'll lose a combination of muscle and fat. But if you exercise while fasting, 
you stimulate muscle protein synthesis so you don't lose any muscle. That's the, that's the number one thing I see people do wrong with intermittent fasting. Yeah, but Trevor, if you don't exercise, whether you're fasting or not, you're going to lose muscle. No, like for sure. Like you're going to look like you know saying? So that perspective, you've said that perspective before on the podcast. And I think it's just hilarious. It's like the Gandhi fasting. Gandhi fasted. He was in bed for however long he was in bed and he was a skinny guy and yeah, he didn't have muscle, but he didn't work out. He wasn't lifting weights ever in his life. What I'm saying, Steve, is there'll be some fat guy and you'll see some like intermittent fasting before and after and he'll be like, oh, I want to do this. So he'll intermittent fast and he'll just end up skinny as shit. And he'll be like, what the hell? I don't look like that guy who posts the before and after pictures on Instagram. Well, it's because that guy intermittent fasting and weight train. He didn't just intermittent fast. You have to weight train either way. You have to move your body and stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's just. So JP, we've got two more questions for you. Yeah. One question I have for you is I'm going insane. Do you have any tips on things to do to keep you busy while recovering from surgery? Oh, let me see. What did I do? I mean, you know what? I, I mean, when I was recovering from surgery, I was, on probably four or five different forums talking to people a day. I mean, just answering uh, PMs and stuff. And, uh, and then, then I was uh, FaceTiming with a few friends, you know, because I know people from different time zones, so I was catching people here and there. But, I mean, it, it really depends. Uh, I mean, what are your hobbies? Well, that's basically what I've been doing. I've been doing lots of emails, client programs, things like that. But, I mean, you can only sit on a computer for so long. Yeah, you- I think I think I, that's a good question. I think Trevor's more saying like he's it's, he's going nuts not being able to work out. I yeah, yeah. that's what it is. Because it's like every time I have an injury, I have to stay out of the gym for two weeks. I go nuts same way. But like KP, I normally sit behind a computer all day, but I would like do four hours of client programs, go work out, come back, do some university right. work, go for a walk, come back, record a pot. You know what I mean? So it's just like. I don't know. Maybe so now you're stuck. I'm so stuck. how to get unstuck? I mean, right now, I mean, you really have to keep to what you're limited to. So if you can walk, you know, and it's not too painful, go out and do a bit of walking here and there. You know what I'm going to buy tomorrow? And it's going to, I'm going to get made fun of, but I don't even care. I'm going to buy myself a walker. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised they didn't give you one. Well, Healthcare in Canada is pretty cheap. With free healthcare, so they really don't give you anything that they don't need to. Um, what do I mean? You know, walker's cheap. I'm gonna go buy myself a walker. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like people. People are gonna make fun of me at the. No, they won't. Walking around with a walker, but no, they won't. They'll know. They'll know you're you're rehabbing an injury. No, girls will love that because they'll feel bad for you. Yeah. You'll pick up so many numbers. That's a great strategy. If you're a salesman, pretend you know you can't walk. I'm, I'm just kidding. I, people do that all the time with time timeshares and stuff. I I still I still have my walker here from my hip operations. I ship just, it over. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I think the reason why the surgeon didn't give me a walker is because most people, if you tell them to be bedridden for a couple of days, they'd be like, okay, and they just you know yeah all day. But guys like me and you, we're the we're the we're the one percent where we're like, okay, I'm dying. I, I want to like go do something like. I'm going to read a book. Get it's, some books. It's more I want to do something like physical. I thought yeah, about to get off his behind. Yeah. You know what? You know what may be another good option? Uh, since it's just the one hip, 
the cane. You know, the try problem, the problem with the cane though, JP, is that it's winter here in Canada. I'd slip. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, you got that cold ice and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and then I'd, I'd, I'd wipe out and rip the stitches right out. <laughs> How about, like, your girlfriend, get a wheelchair and have your girlfriend run you around? I, I broke up with Colleen. Uh, oh, you broke up? All right. Find a new girl, Dad. Have her. Yeah. <laughs> on the ice, I guess she can, she can throw you on with the, the the wheelchair on the ice so you can go slide down. It'll be funny. That, that, was, that was a really tough breakup because <laughs> neither of us did anything wrong. Um, she's seven years older than me, so she wants to have kids right away, and I'm just not ready for that. Yeah, that, you know, that, uh, that, the problem there was her maternal clock is ticking. Mm-hmm. And they re- women really do feel that. They hit a certain age, and if they want children, they feel like, they really do feel like there's a ticking time bomb going on. And if they don't meet that urge, it's going to go off, and then that's it. They'll never be able to have children. Oh you yeah, know, it's really strong. The women who have kids that are that are my age, you know, around forty, they don't want any more kids. Ninety percent of them don't want any more kids. But the ones that don't have kids, they want kids like right away. So it's yeah. kind of like you get the extreme of one or the other. So you know, it's one of those things. Uh, you know, it's well, all good. I, I, like I don't like I'm not mad at her at all. Like I like I have no negative feelings towards her. She's a little bit bitter. Like she's not talking to me, but. She's 33, right? So if I was in her situation, I'd probably have the same feelings because, you know, you have to get pregnant and everything. So, I mean, she's going to want to have a kid in the next couple of years. So The only reason she's bitter is because you didn't tell her up front. You should have told her that. I did tell her up front, Steve. But okay. women have this way of thinking they can change men. Yeah, exactly. She, she, didn't, she didn't believe you. She figured, okay, he doesn't want to have kids because he doesn't know me yet. Once yeah, he gets yeah. to know me, you'll want to have children with me. Like I, I explained to her, after my master's, I want to do a PhD in med school. I haven't decided yet, but I, I'm really focused on my career. I'm focused on you know pursuing my education for the next five years. I'm sure she thought, well, once I can convince him. Once he's done his yeah. master's, I can convince him to you know have a pit stop and, and have a kid with me. But I don't want to have a kid and then do med school, right? Like that. No, no, no. Don't yeah. don't do it, bro. It's it's too much. That's, that's what I'm saying. Is like yeah. if you look at anyone who's in med school, they look like they're about to die. Yeah, and you not can't. Just them by themselves. Yeah. Throw in a newborn to the mix, like you probably commit suicide. You drop out of school so fast if you had a kid. Yeah. So you know, don't don't do it. Just stay. Just do be. You know, just date a girl your age and have fun, man. Don't even worry about it. You know. Well, I'm, I'm not one of those people who, like, needs to be in a relationship. So I'm just kind of focusing on myself and focusing on my education. And then if I meet a right a nice girl, then I do. And if not, I don't. It's just I'm just doing my own thing, I guess. Hey, there's always, there's always the one-night stand. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that. Steve, I think Steve has a sister, right? <laughs> well, all the ladies listening, Trevor is single. Yeah. So I hit him up, email him. Wait, wait, uh, wait, maybe two weeks though. My, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to rip all the stitches in my hip. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> JP, well, we really appreciate you coming back on the episode. Um, we really miss you on the forums. If you have time, definitely come, come back, do some posting. I'm not sure if you saw the thread that I made, but there was at least 34 members saying like, we miss you, JP, come on back. 
Well, tell him I appreciate the love. Really do. Uh, you, you know, maybe uh, when the winter hits and things slow down a bit, right now, I mean, I'm just, I'm trying to catch my breath <laughs> from uh, from all that's been going on with, like, work. And, like, now we got a new kind of crinkle that uh, where we're throwing a few extra things in. We're trying to get this uh, venue going because I told you we uh, have an inn that we rent. And so now they want to get a venue site going for, you know, weddings and stuff like that. So we're doing some more work and we're getting there, you know. Uh, but if that starts to take off, hopefully it'll kind of be kind of, you know, not too much of a problem as far as the winter goes because it fits outside. But she wants to do some stuff inside, too. So we're working on that. So see how that goes. But hopefully, like I said, after January, because January is when uh, I have to go out and do prune the trees. The apple trees need pruning. Then I got to take care of my babies. And uh, hopefully around January, late January, I should get some free time. Yeah, me and Steve were joking. We're like, we wish we were a celebrity like JP. If I left, no one would care. If Steve left, people would be like, yeah, thank God that asshole's gone. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, I really don't. No, Steve, people, people would be upset if Steve left. I would be upset. Yeah. Hey, uh, you too, Trevor, you know what I mean? For your host, Trevor Gritson, for my co-host, Steve Speed, for our special guest, JP, this has been another episode of Evolutionary Radio. Live your life, look good doing it. Thanks for listening.